listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Fort Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. And welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz with your host Kelly Patrick. I'm Carlo Kellum. Such a busy weekend in sports uh, this weekend. We had boxing, college football. It was definitely an exciting and uh, exciting weekend in sports, I must say. Without a doubt. You know, you and I are boxing guys. There was the Floyd uh, Mayweather-Canelo Alvarez fight locally. Louisville-Kentucky football game yesterday. Uh, nationally, all sorts of college football um, going on. But there should be no shortage of material to talk about. Uh, not at all. And then we got the NFL today. So, so much information to get out there uh, today for as far as sports-related news. But I guess the, the biggest story, in my opinion, was the fight last night. Floyd Mayweather, Canoli Alvarez. Uh, I think Floyd proved that he is the excellence of execution in the ring of boxing. Man, uh, I don't know if it was discouraging or, or what, but when, it, when, when the best fighter in the world has an eight-year run of not only dominating his weight class but being the best fighter in the sport, and at the age of 36, he doesn't appear to be slowing down at all, and against Guerrero, and even against last night, Alvarez, I think maybe he looks better than ever. Yeah, I think so as well. He definitely looks better than ever. He looks more polished, more tuned. But if you watch that fight, I think I texted you during the fight, Cannoli looked very bloated. Like, he was out of shape for that fight. I think he put on like 15 pounds, weighed in at 164, 165. I think he came in at 165 after weighing in right at 152 the night before. Yeah, he didn't look healthy at all, in my opinion, uh, coming into the fight. Yeah, that can't help you. You know, Floyd is... um, Famous for the fact that he weighs in the night of the fight right at about what he weighs in the day before for the weigh-in. Um, and, and it's clear that, that he doesn't have any hydration problems, anything like that. Um, I was more possibly more excited about the undercard fight. Garcia and Matisse. Matisse being the, the uh-huh. knockout puncher that everybody loves, the highlight reel Argentine knockout puncher. What was your take on the, on the main undercard You know what? Fight? I wasn't impressed with that fight. I wanted to see more excitement. I didn't think they let the fist fly until the last 20 seconds of the last round. It's like those guys were kind of scared to go toe-to-toe with each other in the middle of the ring. I mean, it was, it was an okay fight, but I, I wanted a little bit more excitement out of both of them. I think Lucas, I know he's your guy, but I think he may, his time may has passed, has passed him by as a, uh, as a uh, big-time boxer. Yeah. He's lost a lot of his big fights. He, he's lost a, a, a split decision to Zab Judah, a split and that's z- a terrible decision loss. to Devin Alexander. Ter- another terrible loss. I'm not a fan of neither one of those guys. No, uh, neither of them are great. You know, I mean, they're both uh, champions in their own right. But um, you, And you can make an argument that, that Matisse was, was robbed in those, both of those bouts. But I think the story that really should get the credit that it's probably not going to is it the American, the Philadelphia born and bred? <laughs> um, Danny Garcia won the fight. It was clearly yeah, the superior fight. boxer. Maybe not the bigger puncher, but he outboxed Lucas Matisse, and he's American. Why is he not getting the credit? I always go. I always resort back to, well, he's American. He should be marketable. Why, why, why is he not getting the credit that, that maybe he, uh, it seems, with an undefeated record and clearly the best 140-pound fighter in the world, why is he not considered a, a superstar in the making? Uh, he doesn't have that it factor, in my opinion. He's not exciting. I mean, he's had some big wins, uh, you know, previously over uh, <clears throat> excuse me, he's also, he's beat Zab Judah, Eric Morales, uh, who's Asian Eric Morales, he's pretty old when he fought, uh, knocked out American. Uh, he actually beat Eric Morales twice, but he's, he 
I don't know. He that fight didn't show me that he has that it factor. He doesn't have a lot of punching power. Matista was a lot smaller uh, than he was. He should have controlled the fight. Honestly, with, with the way Matista's eye was swollen, he wasn't even leading with the left the whole fight. He should have been leading with the left, then going with the right right after he, that. He did seem like he was working. He, on, see, on, he was working on that eye. Matista couldn't see the left coming. No, yeah, you're right. But I mean, do you think Garcia has the potential to be a? Floyd Mayweather type star. Not I mean, why not? Because no. why not? He's, he's going to win. Even his he, he's undefeated. He's not even. What, what if five years from now? <laughs> Canoli he, he, was undefeated. <laughs> I know, but Danny Garcia just beat uh, Lucas Matisse, the number two guy in the weight class. What does he have to do? I mean, that, that, he's 25. Danny Garcia is 25 years old. He's going to have to move up in weight, first of all. So well, let's uh, compare 11 years ago in 2002 where Floyd Mayweather so was. Are you telling me that Danny, Danny? I don't know. I'm are just you saying, saying that he's the next in line for Floyd Mayweather? Maybe. I, I mean, if he is, it'll be a boring fight. Well, is be, Floyd Mayweather not a boring fight? Is no, Floyd- that was that was that was ch- a chess match, a, a brilliant display of boxing skills that he displayed. Uh, and Danny Garcia last night. was not. No, it was. He, he again, clearly it, outboxed Matisse. Yeah, outboxed Matisse, but he should have knocked him out. He was the bigger guy. He had the left ass swollen, and he wasn't throwing enough left uh, jabs. Uh, to control the fight, I thought. His dad sure is a, a character and, yeah, and provides yeah. plenty of highlight reel interviews. I don't know if you saw any of those from Friday, but man, he goes on the craziest, craziest rants. I think he's a Puerto Rican guy, um, raised his son in Philadelphia, and he's his trainer. He goes on crazy rants because Americans were rooting for Lucas <laughs> Matisse, and that just really pissed Angel Garcia off. He was talking about... You Americans don't work. You all get government handouts. Oh, wow. I, he was saying racial things. He was crazy. Oh, His well, dad is that, is a yeah. a crazy interview, and and that may help his marketability in a way. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes that's uh, that's all for show. You know, but, but I you think Mike Tyson was the 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 best as, at uh, the press conferences, of saying crazy things. So I think a lot of people have learned from Mike in that in that uh, that area. We both watched the UK UFL football game. What what were your takeaways from that? Well. The defense of UK, <clears throat> excuse me, the UK's defense gave them the offense every opportunity to be in that game in the first half. I was very impressed with the way the defense played in the first half. Pretty much the offense sucks. The offense is terrible. There is no air raid. Uh, but I do see potential in the future for UK being very competitive in the SEC in years to come. Because they kept Teddy Bridgewater in check for most part in the first half. And until uh, the end when he threw that touchdown pass, uh, what's his name, Devontae, whatever. Mm-hmm. And that was an excellent catch right there. That's the difference that separated Louisville from UK. U of L has playmakers. Right now, UK doesn't have anybody with playmaking ability. That's fair. You know, I, I think that's actually um, very accurate. There, there were times they have they have a couple. They have one receiver. What's his name? It's slipping me right now. Um, what is it? Timmons or Blue? Blue. Yeah, and you know, I don't know. Did these guys have cups for hands? Because they were dropping a lot of passes yesterday. So it seemed like they were catching with cups for hands last yesterday for the game. But, you know, they're definitely going to have to tune up their offense in years to come. But the defense was very, very impressive. Uh, JoJo Kemp, the, the running back, true freshman from Florida, led, led the Cats in rushing. You got to say that that's, you know, he had five carries, 80 yards, average 16 yards a carry. I mean, that's got to be impressive yeah. and, and encouraging for the future of the Kentucky program. Yeah, Are you more encouraged now than you were after week one for the Cats? Well, yeah. You know, I I said that was going to be a tough game week, week one. Uh, WKU, they have a, a lot of guys with a lot of speed, which what Petrino likes. He's a speed guy. 
So I kind of knew WKU going into that game was going to win that game. But uh, Kentucky has a long way to go, let's be honest. <laughs> they have a long way to go. Uh, it's only going to get tougher for them as the season goes on. It gets easier for U of L. No question about it. Uh, I mean, it's uh, that as sad as this is to say, as far as rankings, that was one of Louisville's tougher games. Yeah, it's probably going to be the toughest game of the season. But I was really impressed by that touchdown catch by Devontae Parker. He, he knows all that. He, he, all he does is catch touchdowns. That's what he does. <laughs> but he's not a possession receiver. He he's wasn't not, moving the chains. I'm not claiming he is. He catches touchdowns, and that was possibly the biggest now, that factor was, uh, in last night's game. Yeah, that definitely was a uh, – because he was double coverage. I mean, the guy even had his arm through his, you know, to knock the ball out, and he still held on. That was a heck of a catch, man. I was very impressed by that. Talking to my Louisville Cardinal fan friends yesterday after the game, I got, you know, mixed reviews. I, I got, um, you know – Answers like, well, anytime you win a rivalry game, you got to be happy with it. But the resounding sentiment that I got from my friends was, they need to blow a team like this out. If Kentucky, I'm sorry, if Louisville really wants to make a run at even getting back to something like the Sugar Bowl, much less the national championship, they can't win 27 13 against a team like Kentucky. They have to blow them out. I want to encourage our listeners to give us a call. Oxmoor, Ford, Lincoln, Buzz Line, 502-384-1450. Did Louisville winning 27-13 do enough to support their case for maybe maybe making a run at the national championship, or was that a huge hiccup yesterday? I think I'm was, interested to hear I, what everyone I, thinks. I think it was a hiccup, and I also think that it uh, was tarnished uh, Teddy Bridgewater's Heisman uh, run right now. So Tough to argue with. Yeah. I mean, he, he threw 16-28 to 28 for 250 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. That's a good game. Um, not, not Heisman-type numbers. No. Nah. I, I grew up with, with many of my uncles following the Ohio State Buckeyes when I was younger. And I remember, you know, Terry Glenn and Joey Galloway and all those, Eddie George, and that's, that's kind of when I, I grew up. I wasn't necessarily an Ohio State fan, names, yeah. but I remember those guys playing real well. And there were many years where the Buckeyes were on the pace to make the national championship, and they were going to have a legitimate claim to be in the top team in the land. But then they played Michigan, or even one year I remember Michigan State, so they're rivalry games, and they lose. So I can see where... A Louisville fan who says, hey, we, we, we beat our rival at their house. I can see where they, you know, someone says that. Mm-hmm. We, we won. Tough to get too bent out of shape when you win your rivalry game. Everybody knows rivalry games. A lot of times, you know, it, it, logic goes out the window, and, the, and there's upsets all the time in rivalry games. So I'm, I'm interested to hear what everybody has to say about that. Uh, we've got a great show lined up today. Like we mentioned on earlier, plenty of boxing talk. Uh, a very controversial ruling in the boxing very match. Very controversial. Um, I mean, very I'm contro- disgusted by that ruling. I mean, I guess we'll get more into it later. We but, will, yeah. be, especially being that Carlo is a judge. He's a boxing judge. So I'll, I'll get to ask your opinion on, on um, you know, what that ruling means. I mean, how how do you how do you feel about it as a boxing judge? How would you feel I if mean, you were the one who was sticking your neck out there saying, "I saw a different fight than all these other people"? I mean, it's, it definitely puts a tarnish on the sport. I mean, we we're already trying to get fans to come back into boxing and embrace boxing again. It's kind of fell off the map, so it doesn't help the case any any better. Now, luckily, the win did go to the right person. Now, if it was a lopsided victory like it was for the Pacquiao and uh. Uh, Bradley. Bradley fight, then it, oh man, it, all heck would have broke loose last night. For, for those of you who don't know, C.J. Ross, who I know that this may sound 
negative anti-woman, C.J. Ross, who is a female, is the judge who ruled that Timothy Bradley won against Manny Pacquiao a couple years ago. And that was one of the worst decisions I've ever seen in my life. Very Actually, controversial. The worst decision Very I've controversial. Seen. I mean, that reeked of, you know, 1960s um, Olympics-style judging. That was bad. And this one yesterday, anybody who watched the fight... Mayweather dominated Alvarez. He dominated. And this lady, she didn't rule that, that, that Alvarez won. She said it was a draw. She said it was um, 114 to 114 was her final scorecard. But we'll get into that more. Plenty to talk about today. We'll be back with more Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. And welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz with your host, Kelly Patrick. I'm Carlo Kellum. Don't forget about our Lotus Guns Works text line, 502-414-1450, and our Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line, 502-384-1450. Talking a little boxing, talking a little NFL. Well, we're about to talk a little NFL and talking a little college sports. So what's next, Mr. Patrick? My Bengals are, are kicking off against the Steelers at, at 1 o'clock today. James Harrison. Yeah, James Harrison. Getting against, revenge. James Harrison against his former team. That is definitely the story of that game. Uh, you know, Harrison, I still think he has a lot of gas in the tank. I can't believe they let the cornerstone of their defense go that easily. Yeah, I'm more convinced that the cornerstone of the Steelers' defense is something like, I don't know, Casey Hampton, their, their nose tackle. I think the Steelers, is, is, as bad as they look this year and as, as bleak as their future for the 2013 season is, I'm just still sold on the Steelers being just the greatest run organization there is. Great ownership. I hate them, really but I, I think that they know what they're doing. And I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I hope you're right. About about Harrison, but I mean I wouldn't be too surprised uh, no. if they they um, if Harrison's you know if they dropped him at the right time. Yeah, it's, it, you know usually teams like that know what a guy has left. That's yeah, you know they kind of know. But uh, this is a Monday night game. Are you going to that game? It's here. It's going to be in Cincinnati, right up the road. Will you be uh, attending the Monday night football game? I will not. No. Not? Okay. So it's Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. Pittsburgh yeah, basically doesn't. You're right. Have, it's Monday night, not yeah. not to, not on one o'clock. You're right. It's Monday, the sixteenth. Uh, Pittsburgh's run game is non-existent right now. They lost their off their best offensive lineman, arguably. Yeah, they lost their best offensive weapons in uh, Mike Wallace, who's now with the Miami Dolphins. I mean, I don't think Rashad Mendenhall was actually one of their their biggest weapons, but he was the the leading rusher. The last he was a years. first round draft pick yeah. who, who was who was uh, you know labeled as the future at the running back position. So I mean they they lost a lot of pieces. Big Ben. I mean you know, I think he got married. Probably took some took something away from his game. <laughs> so I don't even know if he's he's even as focused as he once was. Are you suggesting so, that Big Ben, like Tiger Woods, yes, he needs lost to his be mojo. he needs to be out and about at he all hours to, of the night, just doing out, inappropriate yeah, things, doing and inappropriate things, getting charges or accusations. That that's what makes him a better player. You think so? Okay, <laughs> I'm kidding. And I was just looking it up. I'm wrong. Casey Hampton no longer plays for the Steelers. I think he's. Um, He's a free agent. But what I mean is, whoever their nose tackle is, they know what they're doing. Todd Haley on offense, you bring up some good points there. They, I don't know what their offensive scheme is. Todd Haley sucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> he was terrible with our Arizona Cardinals. The only thing that's keeping him in the NFL now is that he's a Bill Parcells guy. He's from the Bill Parcells coaching tree. 
But as far as that, I was never impressed with his office of uh, his office of play calling. Not even when he was with Dallas. What he's most famous for, I remember him, is when Bill Parcells was yelling at him, yelling at him on the sidelines of the Dallas game years back. But you know, we we do have a caller on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line. Before we jump to that call, I want to mention Carlo and I are very excited. We are trying out a new show on Sundays from 9 a.m. until 10 a.m. Before our two-hour show, our weekend sports buzz show, we're going to try it out next Sunday, 9 till 10. It's going to be an all-boxing and MMA show sponsored by the the, the, the only boxing promotional group in in the state of Kentucky, Future Promotions. Yep, it'll be a boxer show brought to you by Future Promotions. uh, And we're looking for a name. So, we are. Yeah, yeah th- that's what, uh, why I prefaced it. We got yeah. the truth on the line, and, and we want to know truth before we jump into you know Indiana and your take on the games yesterday. We want to know what your idea is for a boxing slash MMA show on Sunday mornings from nine till ten a.m. If you think of one, let us know. But how you doing this morning, Truth? Good morning. Good morning. I'm just waking up. Who won the fight last night? Uh, Floyd Mayweather. Uh, pretty much, it was a unanimous, not a unanimous decision on the cards, but it's pretty much a one-sided fight. Yeah, Mayweather well, he, dominated. He Floyd uh, dominated. Yes, sir. Okay. He destroyed let's him. Get, let's get down to business. It's about the Kentucky Wildcats and the Louisville Cardinal football game. Let me tell you something. Let's show you that Louisville Cardinals is overrated. They do not play, look like a number seven team, and don't be surprised they drop out of the top ten. Wow, he's even drop out of the top ten. Yes. Well, you, you're right, Chief. They don't look like a. They definitely don't look like a top five team. They don't even look like a, a a BCS championship team right now. After seeing Kentucky get manhandled by Western Kentucky, Man- right? Oh, manhandled, manhandled, Seriously, manhandled, manhandled, and then, oh. and then and follow me on this. Then. Western Kentucky getting manhandled the next week by Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, they got manhandled. And then Tennessee gets manhandled yesterday by who? Oregon? Oregon. Here's what I'm talking about. If Tennessee, I mean, uh, Louisville's in top 70, and you can't run against Kentucky, and West Kentucky ran all over them, something got to be wrong with your front line. Yeah, especially if you got Michael Dyer. Yeah. Yeah, they should have been. And actually, the running game was working for Louisville in the first half, and they didn't really stick with it. Mm-hmm. As a whole, and, it was working. I mean, they, 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 my, Sonoris Perry rushed the ball 11 times for 100 yards, two touchdowns. Hey. Michael Dyer, 11 for 62. Dominic Brown, 12 for 45. So they had some, or they had more success on the ground than they had uh, in weeks prior. But I agree with you, Truth. That offensive line should be able to open up bigger holes. Hey, what about the shock? Lowell got a shock Saturday morning, didn't they, when Jaquan Lyle opened up his uh, recruiting again? They did. You're mm-hmm. right. I, I don't know what to think of that. Um, well, I do know what to think of it. I wouldn't be surprised if Jaquan Lyle from Truth's hometown of Evansville, right? I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if he ends up as, as a Kentucky Wildcat and if Trey Lyles joins him. And the odd man out here, you got to say, is Quentin Snyder, the Ballard guard, who was committed very early in the process to the cards, backed off after the card side signed uh, you know, Jaquan Lyle. And now he's committed to Illinois, and the cards are left without a 2014 point guard. What do you think of that, Truth? Well, they get what they deserve. <laughs> Why? Because, but they don't. No, I'm just I'm not going to hate. I, you, <laughs> you just don't never know what the young kids want to do. To You know, they probably, Quentin Snyder might change his mind come back. Yeah, at least they got somebody. Indiana ain't got nobody. We lost 
three people. Do you think there's a chance that Lyle ends up a Hoosier? I hope not because I don't care too much for Lyle's. Uh, I, I feel like if you want to go to a school, you're going to stay committed to that school, and uh, there's nothing that should be able to change your mind. If you like that school, what is your purpose to go on uh, changing all this? Is you trying to uh, try and play like you somebody like King James or Kobe Bryant? It's, and then I don't like his attitude. I think he got a nasty attitude, and he's uncoachable. But the right coach can put him in check. But he don't. Him and his high school coach couldn't get along, and you know, he, him and a player got to fighting on. Uh, he jumped on a guy. He had to miss three games, and he's a good guy. But uh, I, I just think he need the right people in his life, being a role model. Because, you know, AAU coach tell you another thing, but next thing you know, you sit now seven a game, but they making money off of you. So that's the thing I have problem with Jaquan. And uh, what about the Hoosiers yesterday, defense showing up? What, what did you take away from the Hoosiers game yesterday, Truth? I, nothing for real. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> okay. I'm really, I'll be honest with you because we post beat teams like that. There's no question that's – you know that that team almost could be in the top twenty-five. Bowling Green, it's a good. Their defense ranked top ten in the nation. But you know they. Ain't, I'm saying who have you played lately? But we beat them. But the big test is how are we going to do against this SEC team? We should beat these people. There's no more excuse for our defense. You know what I'm saying? You know I've been telling y'all there, but I'm excited about basketball now. Excited and about uh, got, the, the season yeah. for your Hoosiers? What are you excited about? Yeah, I'm excited about it because I've been talking about Jeremy Holliver, and plus they downplaying Indiana. They don't think Indiana go win 20 games this year. Another people they lost their man. If you see Indiana's schedule, they going they should win a whole bunch of games because they got a weak schedule. I'll be first one to say it. Hey, and a good boxing ring, a big good name for a boxing ring. There you go. A boxing show, yes, sir. Let me see. Kentucky Kicks. Nah. Kentucky Kicks? Yeah. <laughs> I can't think of one right now. I'll come up with one by next week. I get the, yeah, uh, think, think, yeah, think about it for us, Truth, and we'll definitely take your uh your uh whatever you suggest into consideration. And, okay, uh, I appreciate you. I hope you I hope your boxing show uh, be everybody listen to it and y'all be prosper what y'all do. I like y'all. I appreciate you. Nah, thanks, Truth. Truth, my man. He's a good guy, man. Good stuff there yeah. from the truth. The truth. I'm going to get him come out to the fight next month. Yeah, he got to. Along with Carolina Steve. I know he's out there listening. But, yeah, the Hoosiers, you know, they uh, you know, they had, what, put up 42 points on Bowling Green? Yep. But what about the game uh, Akron and Michigan yesterday? Akron was the worst team by far in NCAA last year. They gave Michigan a good fight. They did, yeah, man. They, that they was close. That. It was a good game. After Michigan knocked off your, your fighting Irish. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I was surprised that Akron was able to hang in there with them. Yeah, I, I was as well. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're a lot tougher than I thought. Uh, uh, maybe Michigan is not as good as we thought. Maybe Notre Dame was not as good as we thought. You can, <laughs> you can, there's such a, a long trail, like my logic earlier, that Kentucky got manhandled by Western and Western got manhandled by Tennessee. But, mm-hmm. oh, they got manhandled handled by Oregon. This early in the season, you can really drive yourself nuts with trying to, yeah, trying to right. determine who is good. And who's who's you know worthy of being top twenty five things like that, 
I mean, Johnny Menzel had a heck of a game, heck of a play yesterday. I mean, but you know, but, was, but they ended up coming up short. But still, yeah. nice outing. I mean, he had to have, they were playing from behind most of the second half, so he's got they had to throw the ball. So he's going, you know, he's going to put up big numbers. What about that one play where he was scrambling? Did you see that? Where he was scrambling and he was about ready to take a twenty-yard loss, and then he dodged some people. It was third and six, and for some reason, he was running around twenty yards behind the line of scrimmage, and then he finally just heaves a bomb. And gets a first down. Maybe the most amazing yeah, it was uh, play, play that, that I've seen in, in a while in college football. Manziel but, is exciting. But what happened to Texas a They were up 14 nothing early on in the game. Their defense they just, just couldn't of, handle. They, yeah, then it became a scoring match. They had to out, pretty much like, try to outscore uh, Alabama. But they, you know, Alabama's defense, man, there's some grown men out there. Like, seriously. They are. Like, those guys are huge, man. Nick Saban, I think they've been, they've been focusing on this game ever since they lost to them last year. So uh, they definitely proved they were the better team. A.J. McCarron, 20-29 for 334 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. He's got all the weapons. He's got the offensive line. He's got, he, certainly got the receivers. A.J. McCarron's looking is good. Is he the lead Heisman candidate right now? If I Take away my allegiance to Teddy and everything like that. Um, in my... my um, uh, you know, aptitude to being suckered into the exciting play of Johnny Manziel. Yes, I think McCarron is s- substance over style. Yeah, I mean, three I, tough to argue. The possibility with. of winning three in a row. I don't think any other players have ever done that before, have they? No other quarterback in, I, college, in college football. I don't think so. I don't see so. any way they could have. I mean, so he he has a chance of going down as the most successful college quarterback ever. Can't really argue with that. Yeah. Does he deserve his his senior year to win the Heisman? I mean, if he continues to play like this, he's definitely, in my opinion, the leading candidate for the Heisman uh, Trophy. Would you take McCarron over Manziel in the NFL draft? No. Conversations like this always are interesting. No, I I would not. I think, uh, I don't think McCarron would actually be a good NFL quarterback. Uh, I think that... uh, Manziel it has that it factor in the NFL for a quarterback. You think he's like a Russell Wilson 2.0? Uh, not 2.0. I think Russell Wilson's a lot better than Manziel. Okay. Well, <laughs> but, I mean, you got to think that's a similar but he mold. Has the, he has the same tangibles as uh, as Russell Wilson. Going quarterback conversations, I can go all day on that. We're going to hop to the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line. We got Kenneth on the line with us. Kenneth, how are you doing this morning? Oh, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. All right. First thing I'll say, give, give y'all a little name up. Uh, you, what you do is y'all use both your names, put have it whichever way you want it, Carlos, or your name first, and then put uh put the Kentuckyana knockout hour. Bring you the best in Kentuckyana boxing and MMA sports. You know, keep it simple. Carlo and Kelly knockout hour. Knockout hour. Kind of like that. Yeah, Kentuckyana knockout hour. Yeah, not that hour. Right now, that's the leading candidate. We're going to have to hurry up and get that copy written. And, uh, <laughs> so you won't have to sue us yeah. for uh, using that name. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I had a couple things here. We have some about uh, Louisville, Kentucky. You know, everybody's jumping on the way that Louisville played yesterday, the first half. But you got to take into consideration. They had, uh, Mark Stoops had kind of put it out there that they came out with a 3-4, 3 set, defensive set, and it took Louisville a little bit. Well, the way my mind is they went in halftime and they adjusted, and, and you've seen the results once they made that adjustment to that. So it really wasn't a big big issue. And then you uh, another thing I was just talking about, Akron. I was going to Akron and uh, Michigan. You know, we're, everybody's jumping on Louisville saying they're not – 
the number 17, where if you turn around and you look at Michigan, what they did to Notre Dame, and then they turned right around and struggled against Akron. So to say, to try to hold Louisville up to some level of superiority, which we all know, I'm a Louisville fan, and believe me, I don't think that Louisville's a national championship-type team by no ways, you know. So, I mean, they got their limitations, you know. No, very very valid points yeah, there, very, Kenneth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I, like I was saying, you can draw all these conclusions this early in the season. Well, Louisville should have blown Kentucky out. Look what happened when Kentucky played Western. Yeah. But Tennessee just, smashed Western. Oregon smashed Tennessee. Yeah, this, you yeah. can draw so many lines from it. But Kenneth brings up a good point that look at the other teams ranked ahead of Kentucky, or I'm sorry, ahead of Louisville. I mean, Michigan struggled with Akron. So, very good point there. And they beat Notre Dame last week. So, Kenneth, uh, we really appreciate your call. We really appreciate the nomination for the Carlo and Kelly or Kello and Carlo. Kentuckiana Knockout Hour. Kentuckiana Knockout Hour. I like it. Yeah. It's, so far, it's the leading candidate. We appreciate that, Kenneth. Very good call there, yeah, Kenneth. Great call. We're going to hop right back to the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line. We've got Michelle on the line. How are you doing this morning, Michelle? I'm great. How are you? Doing good. What, what's going on this weekend? Um, I just wanted to, uh, I'm definitely going to take my um, response off air, but I wanted to just comment that I love your show. And the thing that I love about it is that you guys cover, um, you know, sort of like out-of-the-box things that aren't covered on other sports shows like tennis and boxing. I was wondering um, if you guys caught the um, U.S. Open final on Monday. I saw a little bit of that. Yes, I did. I did. Did you, Carlo? Yeah, well, yes. Serena's dominated. She dominated as usual. Okay. Are you talking about the women's or the men? I was thinking about the men. Oh, the I, I was um Nadal. I was just wondering yeah, Nadal, but also um if um you know, Nadal won clearly, um, at age twenty seven and Djokovic twenty eight, but Fetter got booted out real early. I'm wondering if you guys think Fetter's washed up and if thirty two is just too old to be playing tennis and you know, if that how that compares to um the whole boxing gig, if the age uh, difference makes a difference. I think and I'll, um, it, yeah, I think I'll it, take I, my re, my answer off air. Hey, Michelle, before you get out there, do you have any suggestions for our uh, our boxing show, that name that we're looking for? You know, um, I I enjoy listening to the boxing. Um, I, I caught a little bit of the fight last night, and, um, you know, just trying to um, – Stay up to date with all the boxing that is going on. Do you have a, um, Do you have a awesome. nomination for the name? Do you like the idea of Kello? Uh, I'm sorry, Car- <laughs> Carlo and Kelly's Kentuckiana Knockout Hour. Yeah, what do you think of that as a name for our weekly boxing show? I think that's awesome. I totally think that rocks. Great. Well, thank you very much for the call, Michelle. Yeah, thank you, Michelle. Uh, have a great rest Absolutely. of your weekend. Good okay. Yeah, and I agree with her. I think 32 is an old age. I think when they get in the mid, approaching mid 30s in tennis, it's time to start playing. Uh, what is it? Double team tennis. <laughs> that's that's kind of how it, how yeah, it works. When how you're works about 32, yeah. you're washed up. We saw Floyd Mayweather possibly look better than ever last night at 36. Tennis is a different animal. I did catch some of the uh, Djokovic Nadal matchup on Monday, and that was a, a heck of a, a match. The number one versus the number two. Uh, you know, tennis male tennis players in the world, and Nadal won. So I think I think he's going after Federer, who has, I believe, similar to Jack Nicholas, the most um, majors of all time. I think that's what they call them, majors. 
I, I think you're on track. I, I think. <laughs> Let me, I, I'll check that out. But good stuff there. I, that is something that we like here is to cover all sports. You know, yeah, a little, little horse racing, a little bit of everything. Horse yeah, racing, yeah. certainly boxing, obviously NFL, everything like that. So great call from Michelle there. Um, good stuff, Carlo. I like the I like Kenneth's um, suggestion. Uh, that has a good ring yeah, to Kentucky it. Out of knock- Kentucky out of knockout hour. Kentucky out of knockout hour. Yeah. MMA and boxing weekly yeah. show brought to you by Future Promotions. Yeah, all right. If we just want to drop to Kentucky out and just use knockout hour. Knockout hour. Yeah. I yeah. like that. Knockout hour. Good stuff. I'm looking forward to the the NFL day today. Hopefully, I'll get to you know I'll be with the kids hanging out for most of the day. Hopefully, I'll get to watch a lot of the games. Manning, Peyton Manning the against Manning e, Bowl. The Manning yes. Bowl will be broadcast here on 1450. Yeah, you know I predicted last week my Giants were going to lose to the Cowboys. I said that last week. I knew that was going to happen. But tonight, I can guarantee you this: uh, Peyton is not going to throw for seven touchdowns on our defense. <laughs> That's not going to happen. But uh, I can't see the Giants starting out 0-2, so I'm going to have to give the edge to my Giants winning this nice game. Okay. Eli's going to come through. Uh, Victor Cruz, you know, he had a decent game last week. He's still fighting that ankle injury, so he's still kind of out there slow, but he still picked up three touchdowns last week for you fantasy fans. But uh, I think this week what, what we need to establish is the Giants is a running game. They do not have a running game. They're right bringing now. Brandon Jacobs back. Yes, they 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 are bringing Brandon Jacobs back. I'm not sure how effective he'll be because he didn't really play last. Will year. he play at all this? Yeah, week? I, I don't know. He didn't even play last year. He was for the on 49ers. the he was on the Niners. He got uh, I think he got released early last year. Maybe do like the tenth, eleventh game in the season. Him and Harbaugh fell out. So Harbaugh, you know, he's a no nonsense coach and pretty much sent him home for the rest of the season. So he didn't even get to enjoy any uh, of the playoff run with the Niners last year. What what is the name of the starter for the the? Giants who fumble, who's been fumbling. Oh my God! I think it's Wilson. If I'm not mistaken, David Wilson. Yeah, he. I, you know what? Uh, man, he just he and Coughlin. You could tell by looking at him. Coughlin you know, was disgusted. Oh yeah, he was disgusted. But Coughlin had the same problem with Tiki Barber, and he fixed it. And he fixed it. Someone fixed it. Coughlin fixed it, and he's going to have to fix it with this guy. We're going to send him back. It's inexcusable to have that many fumbles. Too bad Coughlin and Tiki aren't on the best of of terms these days because Coughlin could bring Tiki in as a <laughs> special advisor. I mean, Tiki should be able to still play. I know that's a whole different look, topic. Look, yeah, Tiki is left Ron, us Rondé on, Barber still times. playing? Rondé's still playing. So he's still playing. They're twins. Why isn't Tiki around, at least on the coaching staff? Why not playing? Well, that's a different position. You know, Tiki, I mean, uh, Rondé plays, uh, he's a DB. You know, he's playing right now, his late in his career, he's playing safety. So he's 38 he, years you old. Can, you could play safety uh, pushing 39, 40 years old. Deion Sanders and Rod Woodson, uh, they, they were able to do that. So you can play that, that, that position in, late in that, you know, Late in that in that age, but a running back at thirty eight, no, no, that'll never happen. <laughs> but the Giants, uh, Denver, I think definitely is the game of the night. Uh, Four twenty five game Eastern time, Denver at New York, so it's going to be at MetLife Stadium. So I'm looking for the Giants to come out and recover uh, from last week's loss to the Cowboys and make and make uh, and and beat Denver. They have to win today. It's it's at New York. It's at New York MetLife Stadium. You got Victor Cruz. You got Victor Cruz. You got the receiving core. Yeah. You got uh, what? I mean, Eli Manning, in my opinion, is about as good of a quarterback going forward as you can have in this league. If you could trade Eli Manning for another quarterback out there, would you go for Colin Kaepernick or any? Who would you rather have than Eli Manning? You're a Giants I would, fan. Carla. I would go with my frat brother, Colin Ka- Kaepernick. I mean, come on! You see what he did last week, and he was in the pocket the whole time last yeah. week. He wasn't running. If you're he was throwing the ball very, very, very precise last week. He proved that he can stand in the pocket and throw like a big boy. If you're basing it just on last week, you're right. Because Kaepernick is a little bit of everything. 
Kaepernick can run, and I think he threw for over 400 yards last week. Yeah, 403 yards. Big game last week. Does he have the deep ball accuracy that Eli does? I I, I feel Eli's got maybe the most accurate ball, you know, throwing a 50, 60-yard pass out of anybody in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Do you think Kaepernick's up there with him? I I mean, I I think he's, uh, yeah, I think he's up there. I mean, he proved it last week. I hadn't seen it before. I mean, last year he played only eight or nine games, so we didn't get to see a lot of Colin last year. This is going to really be the first year we see him in a full 16-game season. So he still has a lot to prove. That one game... That one game isn't going to, you know, that that one game last week doesn't make him the best quarterback in the league. But as Ron Jaworski said, he has the potential of being one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. And that's coming from Ron. He's, you know, he he analyzes all the quarterbacks in the film room, probably one of the great, the best guys that knows film. He's saying Colin has the, the chance of being one of the greatest ever. How smart does Jim Harbaugh look for taking Kaepernick in the second round? Sticking with him. Well, he had been watching and, and, him for years before that. He, he was, was at Stanford. Stanford. Yeah. He was out of Nevada, so yeah. he had seen him play. And and Harbaugh, you got to say, really looks like he's a uh, genius. Man, I mean, just a yeah, genius. He's a he, great coach. You know, he, he wasn't the best quarterback. Uh, you know, when he was playing, he but was he a good was, quarterback. He is a great coach journeyman. Right now. He was. Yeah. He played for a lot of teams. I mean, he went from the Bears. Had a good year with the Colts when he took him to the uh the final to well, the final four. Took him to the AFC Championship. They lost to the Steelers that year. Uh, actually, they came close to win that game. That was a very close game, but you know he had a, he had a good career. You don't see too many players who were even that successful. Yeah, right. go on to. If you see Mike Her- Singletary, who was an awful coach, he, he had the job before Jim Harbaugh. Herman Edwards, I mean he he's yeah. in the booth for a reason. He's not out there coaching anymore for a reason. Everybody loves Herman Edwards. I think he was a good coach, uh, but he he, he, doesn't, he doesn't. I think he's a better broadcaster. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he was. Good. I mean, he sucked at Kansas City. He 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 was a good mo- he's a good motivator. He's a guy I could like. I would like to see come around in town and do those motivational speeches. I, he does that. <laughs> I think he's real involved with the uh, NFL symposium. Yeah, I think he's a very mediocre coach. That's fair, and, and, and there's evidence to back that stance up. We're gonna jump back to the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line. We got our man Carolina Steve on the line. How you doing this morning, Carolina? Great. Just a great weekend of sports. Uh, it started off kind of bad for me. My team lost 15-10, to 10, played the best defensive game we played in four years, still couldn't win. Virginia Tech's defense was just that good. Their offense was just that bad, too. So uh, then Alabama came through for me. I've been an Alabama fan since 1961. My dad was a big Bear Bryant fan, and... Uh, I go back to the days of Leroy Jordan and uh, people like that who played for Alabama. Then I went up to Salem and saw the uh, Arca race up there. It's a good one. Frank finished third, and that just about almost clinched him the championship with two left to go, and he won the Bill France for uh, positions in the race. Then I get home and get to see Javon Clowney a little bit, and so uh, it's just something that I look, uh, have been looking forward to uh, today, you got the NFL, but I'm interested in seeing how that uh, NASCAR is going to be after they done laid the law down to them yesterday. What did they they come out with a ruling as far as you're not allowed to? Is that what you're talking about, Carolina? Didn't Joey Logano's team come out and try to get someone else to let him win or something like that? Is that what you're referring to? I'm referring to that and the fact of uh, Clint Boyer and. Uh, Michael Walter came. The whole thing is predicated on, and they said that all competitors will try to their best of ability to win. Yeah. 
I don't know how you can do that. You still with the gentleman's agreement sometimes if you had a teammate or a guy from the same uh you know, type of manufacturers you did, you'd let him pass pass you and get maybe a point for leading the race, then he'd go back up there. It sounds to me like they're taking all that away from it now. And uh I tell you what, it's getting to the point that I'm about fed up with NASCAR. I liked it was like it like it was back in the sixties and seventies and early eighties and everything and now they're turning it into a I don't know, a, a corporate sport. Yeah, you you know, it's a very interesting point. We could talk for a long time about it. The idea of losing strategically, where it's not going to hurt your program or team or your individual self, uh, applies across all sports, really. Certain, you know, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers threw games so they could get LeBron James. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So it's really a sim- somewhat similar and, yeah. approach. And I, mean, I don't trust that lottery ball pick. That's how predetermined in my opinion. I'll tell you who else doesn't is Rick Pitino. He thought he was going to get Tim Duncan in the Celtics green. But, yeah, Carolina, I mean, do you think you can regulate uh, not just NASCAR but, you know, other sports uh, about where, where teams or individuals strategically lose? Well, I think so. I think the one that really would show up would be in professional football. Because of uh, that, it's, they go by the order of what you finish. Basketball, the reason, I don't know if y'all knew it, the reason the lottery was put in was because of Patrick Ewing, and it just so happened that the New York Knicks got Patrick Ewing on the first dra- uh, first round. He was the first man to, uh, to win the lottery, let's say. Was that the same year so, that Jordan uh, was drafted? I don't drafted? like the lottery. Go ahead. Was that the same year that Jordan was drafted, or am I off a year there? You're off because uh, Sam Jordan was uh, Sam Blue at uh, number one, and uh, the reason that Portland did not draft Michael Jordan, uh, Michael Jordan, because they, they had Jim, Jim Paxson. Oh, okay. Clyde Drexler, but Jim Paxson was also a their, one of their wings. I remember not John Paxson, but his brother Jim was already on the Blazers, so they they didn't need a, a, a wing along with Clyde Drexler. You're right. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Uh, are the are the cards off next week? They are uh, actually no no next week. It's against uh, the 21st is against FIU. Okay, now let me uh, tell you something. They're not. Right now, they're not the team in that conference uh, getting all the pub. It's Central Florida. Look out for those boys. Central Florida. All right. Okay. Hey, they beat Penn State at Penn State. All right. Hey, Carolina, Carolina Steve, we, uh, we're doing a new boxing show, show starting next week. Do you have a suggested name for the show? I like the one y'all had before. Uh, what was it, Kentucky Anna Knockout? Kentucky, Kentucky Anna Knockout Hour. Courtesy of uh, Mr. Kenneth, who called in. All right. So, so yeah, far, that seems to be the leading candidate. Hey. Oh, let me ask you one more question. Why are all these MMA stars going to wrestling now? It's big money. <laughs> yeah. Big money and less I risk. Rampage. Less risk, less risk yep. uh, uh, loss of their ego. Uh, well, y'all have a good one. I enjoy okay. listening to y'all's show. The truth beats me in. Next time uh, the truth calls in, tell them Carolina said, that Navy, at least ones we have one military that can defend us and nobody can defend them. Y'all have a nice day. <laughs> I right, Carolina, Steve. Hey, I, I want to tell Carolina, next Sunday I will be at the third annual Wounded Warrior Race to Recovery, Ohio Valley Dragway uh, Speed Racing. This will, be, this will be my first Speedway 
drag race I've ever seen before. Wow. So I'm excited about that. So I'll be leaving the show next Sunday from here, heading straight out to the Ohio Valley Dragway. Wow. That's exciting. I've heard a lot of good things. I'm yet to go to a race myself. But Carolina brings up a good point there that we hadn't got to. You, University of Central Florida did beat Penn State yesterday. How big of a win was that? We'll get to that more. We'll be back with more Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. And welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz with your host, Kelly Patrick. I'm Carlo Kellum. Don't forget about the Lotus Gun Works text line, 502-414-1450. Or call into our Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line, 502-384-1450. We left off talking about Penn State losing yesterday. Was it UCF? University uh, of Central University of Central Florida. Florida. Yeah, I mean, you know, Penn State, they're going through a rebuilding phase right now. With I took my hat off to O'Brien, man. You know, they lost a lot of players last year, lost their number one running back. You know, this is definitely a rebuilding phase for them moving forward in the future. So, I mean, this is this is a loss that, you know, I, I you can't really uh, – Talk bad about Penn State and O'Brien and the situation he's in. No, you can't get too down on Penn State, but you can really take your hat off like you did with the like you had to last year with the Ohio University Bobcats. Anytime someone goes into Happy Valley and in front of what, 105, 108,000 people, they upset the Nittany Lions. That's impressive. Yeah, but it's not the same Nittany Lions. It's still 108,000 you know. people. I, I don't have the exact numbers, but I, I mean, they always have 100,000 people there, something crazy like that. Yeah, the fans like, never stop supporting them. So that, that's always a big win, and that is a team that's on Louisville's schedule. So, I mean, that, that, that's relevant. So you said it's a possible loss for Louisville? Possible competition in their schedule? Are you saying that? That Louisville may have some competition in their schedule moving forward? Louisville dropped a couple of easy games last year. Um, and, yes, they, they could lose that game. They play October 18th at Papa John's Cardinal Stadium against University of Central Florida. So that's October 18th. That's not too far away. I don't think Louisville will lose. But, I mean, Penn State's still got a lot of talent. I mean, they still got four- and five-star recruits all across those rosters. That's that's no cupcake to go into Happy Valley and, and win a game like that. No, you know, anytime you go into the enemy's territory, it's always a difficult uh, difficult feat. But, yeah, UCF came out on top. Big win for them. If nothing else, uh, Louisville beats UCF, and then it kind of helps UCF. Louisville strength the schedule. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. This goes back to my earlier, you can draw all these lines, and you uh-huh. can say, well, well, Louisville beat UCF, and heck, they beat Penn State. They're one of the greatest programs of all time. That means Louisville's really good. Yeah. <laughs> you like you like those logic? Yeah, it's those- kinda, yeah that kind of plays out in, in boxing as well. But it looks like we have to go to another quick commercial break. I guess we'll come back. You know, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Canoli Alvarez. Uh, I said, yeah, Canoli Alvarez and um, Floyd Mayweather fight. I'm, I'm okay with that. Because I'm disgusted with C.J. Ross. We'll be right back with your Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. And welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz with your host, Kelly Patrick. I am Carlo Kellum. Once again, don't forget to text our Lotus Guns Works text line, 502-414-1450. Or call into our Oxmoor Fort Lincoln Buzz line, 502-384-1450. 
Last night in Las Vegas, probably one of the biggest fights in the last decade, uh, Floyd Mayweather versus Canoli Alvarez. There's been a lot of discussion about the, the judging card. Uh, C.J. Ross, who was one of the officials, she was a she is a female uh, judge for the uh, the boxing the athletic commission. She scored the fight evenly, one fourteen, one fourteen. And the question everyone's asking is, what fight was she watching? Especially with rounds eleven and twelve, she gave to Canoli Alvarez. I'm looking at the card, fight her fight card right now. And I'm, I'm, there has to be an investigation on this. She's the same judge who uh, gave a bad decision in the Pacquiao Bradley fight which Pacquiao clearly won that fight, and the, the win actually went to Bradley due to her, ju- her scorecard. So I must say there has to be some type of investigation into this lady to see whose side she's really on. Is she working for Golden Boy? Who she, I mean, what's the deal? I'm guessing that she, she's not truly uh, corrupt. That's my guess, is that she pays attention to different things and that she thinks, <laughs> she, she, she probably thinks that Mayweather... His punches don't hurt Alvarez. It was so, something clearly, like that, you know. Clearly, watching it on TV, you do have the com. I'm not saying that I think Alvarez even came close to winning, but she probably thinks Mayweather's punches were not hurting. There's no, all. you know what? I, I sit. I've sat in her chair before, not on that level, but I, I've sat in the judge's chair. I'm looking at her car right now. I watched the tenth, eleventh, and twelfth round. Mayweather clearly. He clearly won every round. He was very offensive late yeah, in the fight. Yeah, very offensive. He was he, dictating the the, the, the fight. He, he was, was attacking yeah, Alvarez. He was the aggressor from round one to round 12. I mean, we never really see uh, Floyd Mayweather as the aggressor, but he was in the pocket this whole fight taking it to Alvarez. Not afraid at all. He was right there standing in the middle of the ring taking the fight straight to Alvarez, and Alvarez had no, 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 uh, no answer to what uh, Floyd was bringing to him. He was bringing a flurry of punches to Canelo Alvarez's face, and Canelo couldn't respond. So she clearly, clearly is corrupt. I mean, I'm just just thinking right now about rounds 11 and 12. Mayweather was pretty much, he, he won those, those, those two rounds, clearly. She shouldn't get another um, big gig. No, nah, never. She shouldn't. Never. You know what's discouraging about it? I mean, I, I don't know that she's necessarily corrupt. I know that she's not good at what she does. <laughs> right? Definitely. Min- minimally. Definitely, you know, Min- minimally. I mean, she she may she may actually just have weird opinions. <laughs> She's just not very good as a judge, and that should be acknowledged. And therefore, she should no longer get any more fights. Looking over twenty thirteen, let me count them. I mean, she has she has judged a ton of fights this year. One, so two. she's had good practice leading up to the. This is the biggest fight in the, in the last decade, and we put a corrupt judge on the panel. I mean, when you put up numbers, a, a, a card like this, man, the, it's clear to the world that something's going on behind the scenes. That's her 19th professional boxing match that she's judged. And this is what gives boxing a bad. This is why people are, are not watching boxing right now because of judges like this. This is why boxing has a bad name. This is why people are saying MMA is better than boxing because we have judges like this who don't call it, I call think it, call M- it a clean fight. I think MMA has its own issues, too. The majority of MMA fights don't go the distance. Because they don't leave it in the judges' hands. That's they, the best way to win a fight. Don't leave it in the judges' hands. It, there's submission. There's multiple ways to end the fight early in box in MMA. There's submission. There's knockout. There's mo- more commonly is there disqualifications in MMA. Um, but I, I think that there's corrupt or the appearance of corrupt decisions in MMA frequently. Also, I mean, it's very difficult. You know. To, to score some MMA fights, right? Yeah, you know, the best, what I do, I just try to be fair. I'm watching the same fight the fans are watching. 
So everybody clearly usually sees who wins a round or who wins a, a match if it goes to the decision. Just like the whole world saw yesterday that this wasn't a 1-14-1-14 draw. Then there's no, as a, a Vince McMahon would say, no chance in hell. <laughs> no chance. I mean, I, I've asked and discussed with multiple people who are big-time MMA fans, you know, how to score a fight, and I've received different opinions. One of my guys that I spoke with said, the guy on top, you normally get, you end up giving and, and, him, and, him, the, him and the round. That's not the case. That's not the case, no. but this guy is very credible, knows what he's talking about. No, just because you, you can be on the, the bottom the whole round, and you could be control, controlling the whole fight in MMA. It's difficult to, to, to evaluate that a lot of times. Yeah, it, it is difficult. That's why you have people like me who know what they're doing <laughs> to judge those fights. But uh, let me I, ask you this. Uh, 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 Oscar De La Hoya. Yep. He's in rehab. Yeah. <laughs> and let me tell you why. Because 24 hours, uh, 40 hours, 48 hours before the fight, he said that he has the blueprint to beat Floyd Mayweather. Then 24 hours later, he was sent to rehab because that was a crazy statement. Because he <laughs> doesn't why. have a blueprint to beat him because he didn't beat Floyd Mayweather. He thinks he did. Yeah, he did. I rewatched that fight about a, a week ago just to kind of get amped up for this fight. And I think De La Hoya did actually come closer to giving Floyd a match than Canelo did. There was times that, that Floyd was actually yeah. connecting with him. Yeah, it wasn't even a contest last night. I mean, It like really I said, wasn't. It, Floyd dominated. Every punch that Floyd threw counted, and it was calculated. He doesn't waste punches. You don't see him throwing a bunch of flurries and missing. Every Canovey was missing a lot last night. He was hitting, hitting air most of the time. But that's why I call Mayweather the excellence of execution. He throws calculated punches. He doesn't waste any power, waste any energy throwing his throwing his punches. Every punch he throws is a clean punch to the jaw. Let me tell you why I wanted Alvarez to win. Because I'm a boxing fan. And the glory days of the sport of boxing, I think, are when maybe Muhammad Ali's the champion and then, you know, and then uh, uh Joe Frazier comes Joe, in. Joe Frazier is yeah, and then Muhammad Ali re- reclaims his his spot at the top of the sport. And then, um, you know, Larry Holmes comes up and he has his run. And there are great fighters and they are all competing. I don't know that Floyd Mayweather's dominance, which is becoming very clear that he is just untouchable. I don't know that that's good overall for the sport. For the sport. What yeah. do you think? I mean, you're right. Because right now I'm looking. Who's he going to fight? Now? Exactly. That's what I'm looking at right now. There's not an exciting fight, honestly, that I want to see Floyd Mayweather fight right now. I mean, people who are in line, Timothy Bradley, I'm not a fan of his. Devlin Alexandra, I'm not a fan of his. The only fight right now I can see that I would like to see, and it's probably not going to happen, is Adrian Bronner because they're in the same camp. Right now they're in the same division, 147. Floyd would destroy Bronner. They're both at 147 right now, but that's the sexiest fight right okay, now for him. It is. Unless he moves up to 160, which he's not going to do that. And I, I don't expect him, to, and I don't think that he should. I mean, he's one fifty. He, you know, one fifty four right now. If he moves up six more pounds to one sixty to fight Triple G, Sergio Martinez, those guys are a lot bigger, stronger, and powerful. You know, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how he'll fare, and I, I don't think he'll ever move up to middleweight. You, did you see the Adrian Bronner, Paulie Mallet, Najee fight? Yeah, I wasn't impressed with that at all. With with. With Bronner, I wasn't impressed. Me neither, and that yeah. was at 147. Yeah. I mean, he didn't show So, so what's, what's Bronner going to do against Floyd? Well, He's going to get his ass kicked. He is, but that's the sexiest fight right now. I mean, who, Tim, right now, Timothy Bradley and Marquez is the next big fight that's coming up. If Timothy Bradley wins against Marquez, he's next in line to fight uh, Mayweather. And Mayweather would destroy Bradley, and Bradley would still be undefeated at that time. So right now, Floyd Mayweather, 
he's he's given all these zero losses opponents. He's given them losses. He's twenty two and zero in championship fights. Twenty two and zero. So I mean, we'll we'll see what happens in the future with Floyd Mayweather, who's next in line. Right now, it's not a fight that I I don't even want to see him fight Danny Garcia. I don't think that'll be a good fight. Um, looking over to the NFL now. Sunday. The, one o'clock. One of the games that I'm looking forward to is for some reason I'm intrigued by Jay Cutler and the Chicago Bears. They beat my Bengals last week. How big do you think their upside is? They play at once again at Soldier Field against the Vikings today. It's a, a conference game. What do you think? Do you think the the Bears have a chance to make some noise this year? Uh, like I said, it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to evaluate right now in the first quarter of the season. You know, it's easy for me to make that determination right around the second quarter of the season, right, right around the sixth or seventh game. But they 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 look pretty good last week. Uh, you know, Jay Cutler, Brandon Marshall, one of the best tandems I think in the NFL receiver quarterbacks. Uh, right now they're going against Minnesota. Who Christian Ponder? Did you watch that game last week? With Minnesota, if I was Minnesota, I, I would watch be, some of it. I would, Man, be calling, I would be calling Tim Tebow right now. They this, might as well pick up Tim Tebow because they don't do anything but run the ball anyway. And when Ponder throws it, he throws interceptions. Pick up Tim Tebow, making the option team, Tebow Peterson for the rest of the season. An option. That's what I would do. We're on the Wildcat for the rest of the season. Well, they yeah. might as well. You, you think Christian Ponder's that bad? He's terrible. Did you watch the game last week? I did not. Your, I saw the highlights oh of Adrian goodness. Peterson the first time he touched it. You know, and, and Leslie Fraser, Leslie Fraser, uh, the coach of Minnesota, actually defended Ponder. But the passes that he was th- he was throwing, man, it was it was it was worse than Mark Sanchez. He's he's worse than Blaine Gabbert. That's how bad Christian Ponder is. You think he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league? I think they have a good backup. I'm bringing it up here. Let's see who the, who the backup is for the Vikings. I mean, right now Peterson is the Minnesota Vikings. You know, they lost Percy Harvin. They don't have any wide receiver threats. It's all Adrian Peterson. You know what? I feel bad for Adrian Peterson because, you know, running the ball that many times in the season is going to take a lot of wear and tear on his body. A lot, of, a lot of wear and tear. Especially with that upright running motion. Yeah. Especially, you know, Adrian Peterson, I think, goes under the radar a little bit, even though everybody knows he's the greatest running back in the NFL. In a league that has become more and more quarterback-friendly, Adrian Peterson looks like he's breaking all sorts of records. Why doesn't he get the credit that uh, that he deserves? I mean, Adrian Peterson well, is— he hasn't broken any records yet. He looks like he—okay, you're right. But 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 what he's doing—no, he has broken <laughs> he was, some records. But, uh, I'll bring him up. No, because uh, I think the, the most rushing yards of the game is held by Lewis, right? Jamal Lewis? I think it's Jamal Lewis. It was Corey Dillon, and then I think uh, Jamal Lewis—I know that—I uh, think it's Jamal Lewis— and he came close last year. I think he was like eight year, eight yards shy of uh, Eric Dick, Eric Dickerson's record for most yards in the season. That's very hard to accomplish. You know, that's a lot of yards. And he he said twenty five hundred yards this this year. Nah, that I don't think it'll ever happen. We've got NFL today. We had college football yesterday. We also had obviously the boxing we talked about last night. To bounce back to the boxing topic, looks like we're going to go to the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line, and we got Dorico on the line with us. How you doing this morning, Dorico? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I, I ain't want to. I ain't want to be all out of sequence. I know y'all talking about. I, I'm not even battle ready. I, I hear y'all talking about football, but yeah, that that fight last night, Mayweather is amazing. I mean, people people need to appreciate what this man does in boxing. I mean, he 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 just takes he takes great fighters and just make them look average. That's basically what what I felt he did last night. I don't know y'all take on it. I I haven't been listening because I'm. 
I'm actually at work. <laughs> Everybody, Dorico Murray on the phone, Future Promotions, uh, actually the sponsor for our new boxing show that's starting next week. Uh, thanks for calling in, Rico. Now, Rico, let me ask you, what do you think about the, the C.J. Ross's ju- uh, scorecard calling it even? I think I think that that lady, I think she she should be suspended or <laughs> something, at least suspended. I mean, that that was there was no way that um that that fight should have been even. I mean, Mayweather, he, even the rounds that he might have lost, Mayweather controlled that whole fight. I mean, I, I, I thought Mayweather could have could have finished him, but he. I mean, I guess he showed a lot of respect for the kids. Do you, do you think Mayweather showed a lack of power? You think he could have finished? You think he could have knocked him out? Because you know, what, what do you think? You see how big he was compared to Mayweather? You think he actually had enough power to knock out Canelli? Not, 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 not based off of power. I think he probably could have got a stoppage. I mean, because I mean, he, he, I mean, he, he had a chance to just throw a, a flurry at him a couple of times, and it felt like he, he held back and just kind of, and just. You know, just kind of eased off of him. I, I don't know what that was about, but you know, I, I mean, Mayweather. I know he, he loves to give people their money's worth, and you know, and just give you twelve rounds of good boxing. That's that's kind of how I take Mayweather. I don't think he even broke a sweat. So, what do you think's next yeah. for Mayweather? Who's the next opponent out there? What's the next sexy fight for Floyd? Well, I don't know. Well, um, if they can meet, Danny Garcia wouldn't be wouldn't be a bad fight for him. Danny Garcia looked looked good last night. He threw some good combinations. He looked like he he'd be a tough fight. You know, he, he might be able to give Mayweather a go, but I, I think Mayweather will figure him out too. Dorico, you you bring up a good point there. I was earlier in the show. Uh, you mentioned you weren't you haven't been listening because you're at work. We do appreciate you calling in, but I was taking the stance that I was very impressed with Danny Garcia. He's not just a puncher; he's a boxer. Do you think yeah. he has the type? He's only twenty five years old. Do you think he has the type of true star power? He's from Philadelphia. He's an American. Is he possibly the next big American boxing star? He could. He could be. He could be. He just. He just needs that that right exposure. I mean, I, I don't know if it's too early for him to to fight a Mayweather. Maybe he should. You know, um, people need to know a little more about him. I mean, but really, I mean, it's really not much out there for Mayweather. Fight at this moment. I mean, who, who's out there? I mean, he he he's basically taking the fighter that people consider a great fighter, and y'all saw what he made him look like. The last two fights, he has made Ghost Guerrero and and now uh, Canelo Alvarez look very average. You're right. I mean, what's next? Amir Khan is. I've heard people mention Amir Khan. Are you kidding? I mean, he are would, they kidding he me? He would destroy. He Amir would destroy Khan. Amir Khan, but he's destroying everybody. So it's almost uh, uh, one of those things where he doesn't have anybody to fight, and th- that's going to hurt him in the long run. Uh, Nash, you know, it, people are going to be saying he fought bums, but he's fighting the best people there are. What else can he do? Yeah, yeah he's fighting. Yeah, he's beating who's basically in front of him. I mean. I mean, you all, you always hear about you always hear about Mayweather is gonna, is gonna lose to this guy and he's gonna be this challenge, and then when he finally beats him, it's like now you know there, there's got to be an excuse on why he beat him. But why can't people just come to reality and understand that Mayweather is probably the greatest of all time? I'm gonna go on and say it. he's probably the greatest of all time. The greatest boxer overall of all time is that yeah, right? The greatest the greatest boxer the greatest boxer overall. Yeah, of all time. I ain't going to say the greatest. I mean, Ali is the greatest, not because he was the greatest boxer. Ali was the greatest because of other reasons also to go with it. But I would say Mayweather is probably 
the greatest boxer of all time. That makes for good radio. If anybody has a, they want to agree with Dorico or they want to disagree with Dorico, he's going out there. He's going to go ahead and say it. He thinks Floyd Mayweather is the best boxer to ever compete in the sport. And it's, I mean, you can definitely make a case for that. What do you think of that, Carlo? Uh, no. I mean, he. You gotta think. There's different eras in boxing, man. You know, he's he's fighting the best competition that's out there for him. But you could be you're talking about guys like Sugar Ray Robinson, Marvin Hagler. I mean, it, there's a lot of great fighters that fought. Yeah, you're right. And there, there was a lot of great fighters. But, yeah, I, I have to go in and say Mayweather's the greatest. He's not backing off of it. Nah. He, hey, he, hey, Rico, he you, you, you got a, a big future promotions, big event coming up next month. Can you tell the fans a little bit about it before you get off? Well, I mean, it's going to be a knockout of a show. I will say that. Um, we'll have, once again, we've got some good fights. Um, we got Kenny Council once again. You know he's gonna put on a great, you know, a great show. Um, we got um, who else we got on the call? We're gonna have Sean Seymour again, the heavyweight out of Cincinnati. I really enjoyed Sean Seymour last time. He fought the um, the guy I think his name was Francis Russell from Chicago in the first fight of the last Future Promotions event, and that was a true heavyweight bout. You mentioned he's from Cincinnati. I was very impressed with Sean Seymour. Sorry to interrupt you there, Dorico. Oh no, no, no! Yeah, Sean Seymour, he he looked good. He looked good. I mean, you know, he, he he's young. He's young as a pro. Yeah, he got some things to work on. I see. I see that he does have some things to work on, but I think he has a, a good future ahead. Um, I would actually like him honestly as a cruiserweight for real. Yeah, he's a big guy with a lot of power. So October the nineteenth, uh, next month, Future Promotions Davis Arena, boxing is back in Louisville. And also, uh, Future Promotions sponsoring the Knockout Hour right now. That's the name of the show. Starting next Sunday, sponsored by Future Promotions. So it'll be a, a, a fight show for a whole hour as we uh, look to bring boxing and just fighting in general uh, awareness to the uh, Kentuckiana community. But, so thank you for the, uh, for the sponsorship, Rico. We're looking forward no to starting the show next week. And October the 19th, we're going to be pumping that fight up, man, every week, man. So we'll let all the right. whole world know. All right, all right. And I appreciate you for having me on. All right, thanks, Rico. Now, Rico, I'm telling you, Rico's a, he's a class act, man. He's passionate about bringing boxing back to Louisville. He's honest. You know, there's been a lot of guys in this industry, in, in this area, who weren't honest about, you know, the shows they're putting on. Rico's an honest guy. He's classy, and he's doing it the right way. Former heavyweight fighter himself, he had, due to medical reasons, had to get out of the sport. Yeah. But you can tell by the, the, the thought that he put into that Floyd Mayweather is the, the best fighter of all time statement. He is a fan, yeah. and he's passionate about it. I mean. Why, why, why is Floyd Mayweather not the best fighter of all time, Carlo? I mean, it's he's kinda, beating the hell out of everybody you put in front of him. What yeah. else can he do? I mean, it's kind of like who's the best NFL player. It's, it's different eras in boxing. Sugar Ray Robinson is, in my opinion, even though I've never seen him fight, but looking at the history of Sugar Ray Robinson, he's probably one of the greatest ever. Oh, maybe. I mean, you talk about somebody who fights today, and then two weeks later he fights again. I mean, he was one of the most dominant fighters in, in the era of boxing where the rules are a lot different. They were a lot grimier and dirtier back then. You know, you could hit a guy while he was on his knee back then and keep hitting him until the ref jumped in and broke it up. I think that, that Dorico brings up a, a good point, though, is all that we, someone from this era, can say is – Normally, around 36 or whatever age Floyd is, fighters that we've seen begin to, you know, they, they, show, they, they deteriorate. Usually they deteriorate. But, and yeah. it looks to me like he's doing a Michael Jordan-esque, just reaching, <laughs> reaching his peak at that age, which yeah. is just amazing. And, and I think, you know, Dorico makes a, a very sound point. Maybe he is the greatest ever. I, I think his commitment outside of the ring 
to the sport is what is going to keep his keep his career going. He doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke. He he works out. He eats right. You know he he lives he lives it outside the ring. That's going to make him probably go into his forty maybe forty years old. He can still be a competitive fighter like Bernard Hopkins. As long as you live right outside the ring, you can have a long career in boxing. A lot of these other guys who are fighting uh, late in their age, they, they don't live that lifestyle outside of the ring. You know, they're still kind of living on the edge. They're still partying. They're still drinking. They're not training as hard. All of them. You know, I mean, uh, Oscar De La Hoya was asking female prostitutes to do horrible <laughs> things with drugs in, in his backside. So, I mean, there's all sorts of weird stuff boxers end up doing. Floyd doesn't seem to be doing any of that. Very disciplined guy. We, we got back to boxing, which we always do. Um, for the rest of the second hour, we are. I promise we're going to talk about the NFL. We're going to head to a break here. We'll be back with more Weekend Sports Buzz. You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. And welcome back to your weekend sports buzz with your host Kelly Patrick. I'm Carlo Kellum. We're going to the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line. Caller, what, uh, we still with Haven on the line. Yeah, Carlo, what's up? Hey, Haven, how's it going, man? Man, going pretty well. How's it been going, Kelly? Going great, man. How about you? What do you think of the the, the fight night action from yesterday? Uh, it was a uh, a clinic once again put on by uh, my man Money Mayweather. As I predicted, I, I don't think Canelo really had it in him to beat the great ring tactician such as uh, Mayweather. I mean, the guy, his defense, his offensive abilities, he is the complete fighter. He's probably the most complete fighter fighting right now. I, actually, he's probably the most complete fighter of our generation. I would agree. Yeah, he's definitely the best out there right now. Let me ask you this. What do you think about the scorecard in uh, last night's fights with uh, Judge C.J. Ross scoring at 114-114? Crazy. I don't know if I was looking at really, you know. But but this isn't her her only controversial decision. I mean, she has a history of doing like weird stuff like this. Fights are obviously one sided, or draws, or you know she goes for the wrong person. And I think it's like her second or third fight where she's had a scorecard that is way out of line of everybody else's scorecard. So Bessie, so what so what should the boxing commission do? I mean, this is the whole world's looking at this right now. So I mean, she has two bad track records that we, that, that we know of right now. What should the boxing commission do to penalize her? Or even you think well, she will they, be penalized? Well, if boxing actually had a commission, what they <laughs> should do is to, to, to sanction her or, or, or pull, you know, or, or send her back to training, sit her down for a little bit, or just pull a license. But because boxing doesn't have any real true commissions, you just have a bunch of you know, different leagues, so to speak, different associations, she's going to be refereeing, um, excuse me, judging, you know, probably forever. Because <laughs> nothing, nothing's going to happen to her. Haven, Haven I know you're, you're a big boxing guy. You're also a college football guy uh, and a Cards fan. What, what did you think of the Louisville football performance yesterday? Is it enough uh, that they won the game at Commonwealth? Uh. It was a disappointing game. It, it, it was a very disappointing game. It was a very dif- disappointing first half. Uh, Kentucky came out with some defensive linemen that the cars weren't expecting, which allowed them to get penetration. Um, the blocking schemes weren't set up to protect Teddy 
or to uh, further the running game based on what Kentucky was doing defense. Like, like Will was pulling both their tackles the other side of formation to run, but when he did that, that left the linebacker wide open to hold to go ahead and make plays, which they did on a consistent basis. It wasn't until they made the second-half adjustments that you saw the Cards' offense, you know, finally get rolling. Um, I think they'll learn from this. I think they'll, they'll move on. But the problem is, and I know they, they won't say it publicly, but I know privately what they're talking about is they needed a good win, a good 40-17, to 40-6 win, so they could oppress the voters enough to keep Louisville, quote-unquote, in the national championship picture. This is not going to do it. Your opponent next week, FIU, just lost to Bethune by 21 points this past weekend. So the schedule gets weaker and weaker because all the teams like uh, South Florida lost again. Central Florida you know, did knock their, off Penn all their, State. All the teams keep losing. Excuse me? Central Florida did knock off Penn State. That, that's got to help at least a little bit. That, you know, that, that, that will help a little bit. The Central Florida is, is probably the other – Outside of Louisville is the best school in the American Athletic Conference. <laughs> they they are the best school because everybody else has suffered bad losses already. Yeah, uh, it, Cincinnati, who thought it was going to be tough, suffered bad losses. Rutgers suffered a bad loss. South Florida, who we all thought was going to be good because one of our good friends, Willie Taggart, is now a coach at you know at South Florida. We thought, man, you know South Florida is going to keep on rolling and rolling, but they got blown up by Benicia State and they lost yesterday. So that program is in turmoil. I don't know about turmoil. Uh, Willie Tackett had a rough start out with uh, Western Kentucky when he first took over. Uh, bad team. I think we give him some time. Maybe next year we, we have a do a little bit better evaluation on what he's gonna you know recruiting. He's gonna bring in, get his guys in. You know, right now he's working with someone else's guys. Well, you know, I'm a big fan of Willie Taggart. A very big fan of Willie Taggart. And I, I still have faith that he's gonna turn everything around. That he's gonna make sophomore competitive on his way to the NFL which I think is his, his, his ultimate end game was to make it to the NFL. Well, he, However, does, he, he has that pipeline with the NFL. Hurt. Excuse me? I said he does have that pipeline with the NFL with the hard balls. He does. He has, the, he has the pipeline. He runs a very NFL-centric offense. I, I think he would be a great NFL coach. I mean, he can't be bad as, as uh, Raheem Morris. <laughs> One interesting <laughs> fact about Willie Taggart, Jim Harbaugh was the best man at his wedding. Wow, that's impressive. So that's how tight he is Very with the impressive. Harbaugh family. The, the the good news for Western fans, I think, and coming from 1450 here, we're the official Western Kentucky Hilltopper station this year. Go Tops. I'm a Hilltopper alumni. Is It looks like Bobby Petrino's not going anywhere this year. You know, he's going to be around for another year. That's a good thing. Yeah, that's yeah, good for the program. Yeah, I mean. Go ahead, Have. I, I get Bobby. Bobby be there for two years, maybe three the only problem with Bobby, Bobby's not the best recruiter as far as recruiting depth. He's a great coach. He'll take whatever you give him and make him look like world beaters. The problem is is that he doesn't do a good job of recruiting that talent you need to sustain a program. You saw that at Louisville. When he left Louisville, Louisville had a lot of talent. This 2007 should have been a great year, but you know, 2008 was definitely going to be a rebuilding year because the stockpiles of talent just weren't there. The same thing Arkansas. He had a great three, four-year run, but that fifth and sixth year was going to be difficult on him because that talent, once again, wasn't there because of a lack of emphasis on recruiting. 
Yeah, I, I, but, I, there's a lot of truth to that, no question about it. But you got to say, Bobby Petrino, bringing the the Western program to heights they've never been to before, which is what he's expected to do. You got to say that's a good thing, even if there is a letdown after he leaves, right? I'm like, wait, 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 that's the best hire ever. Yeah, the best hire ever <laughs> because Bobby will win and he will win big. So, and hey, with his contract structure, the best part about it is he'll make money when he leaves because the buyout. Means to Western, at least make another million dollars once you leave anyway. So everybody's happy. So, happy. What's the game to watch out for tonight, today, for the NFL? What's a must see game, uh, in your opinion? Um, you know, I want to say my, my, my Cowboys, but they still look suspect. Your Giants look suspect, so I, I, I threw any game they're playing in out. <laughs> uh, you know, the actually game I'm looking forward to the most is uh, actually Monday Night Football the Bengals and the Steelers. I want to see if the Bengals are for real. After all the hype from NFL hard knocks, after having a great draft class, building depth at tight end, wide receiver, having a great defensive line, can they do it? You know, can Marvin Lewis finally turn that corner and can they win more than one playoff game? <laughs> and can they get back on winning records? They lost to um, Chicago last week. They're playing the Steelers team that can't run the ball, that is really beat up and banged up. And the Steelers have been their nemesis. But can they finally put their nemesis to rest? One of them. Then a the second nemesis had to put the rest of the Ravens. If they can do that, they could do it. But that's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a big challenge for them Monday night. Yeah, I agree. I think this is probably the best chance for Cincinnati this year with the Baltimore team that's rebuilding, Pittsburgh's and, you know, they're, they're not looking as sharp as they usually are. The so this is it for Cincinnati. Entire this AFC North, the entire AFC North sits at, 0-1 right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they, they just got to yeah. start winning some games. What I was disappointed from in the Bengals last week was they signed Geno Atkins to this contract extension, and Atkins is you know on a Warren Sapp-type pace as far as sacking quarterbacks from the defensive tackle position. Nobody on the Bengals team was able to sack Jay Cutler last week. How does that happen? Yeah, he's a sick duck he all the time. I know. I, you know, and like I said, it's just the mystery of the Bengals. They have all this height. They have all the talent. They just can't seem – ever since, like, Chris Collinsworth left and those guys retired, they haven't been able to, to get over the hump. You're right. The glory years always been icky shuffle. Boomer's not walking through that door. It's, it's ever since Mike Brown took over is Icky what it Woods is. isn't walking through that door. No question about it. Yeah, Haven, Haven, thank you very much for the call, man. Have, have a great rest of your weekend. We look forward to talking to you in the future. And and go ahead and give a little plug for your show. Haven has the, the his show on Saturday. Tell him about it. Man, it's a sports show every Saturday from 6 to 7 uh, p.m. on uh, 104.7 FM WLOU. All right, my man, Haven Harrington III, future congressman of uh, the state of Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. All right. All right, man. Uh, my fantasy squad wasn't looking too good last week. Trent Richardson had a r- terrible game. And I, I picked him to be, like, the, one of the leading rushes this year. Last, last week, he only had, like, 40 yards rushing. So this week, the, the, this, I call this the Cleveland Bowl. Cleveland at Baltimore. You know, Baltimore was the old Cleveland Browns. Baltimore's defense is looking pretty bad with those seven touchdowns put on them by uh, Peyton Manning. <sighs> So I'm looking for Trent to have a breakout game against this struggling Baltimore defense. They still got Haladi Nada, uh, but it, it looks like the, the loss of Ed Reed and Ray Lewis. That secondary is terrible. You yeah. know, they, those are the two cornerstones of that defense the last 
decade for the Baltimore Ravens. They still have – I do like the Suggs and, Suggs and Elvis Dumerville combination. They should have a good pass That's rush. A good and combo, that helps combo. your secondary. Yeah. And they, they did get out to Peyton, I mean, uh, Peyton a little bit. <laughs> Not good enough, of course. We put seven, up seven touchdowns. Seven touchdowns. But I, I mean, do like the do combination of Elvis and, uh, and Suggs in uh, weeks to come once those guys start to mesh and, and gel together. But I'm looking for Trent Richardson, Richardson to have a breakout game tonight. And I'm also looking for Alfred Morris, who didn't perform last week, to have a breakout game against the Green Bay defense. And I'm saying it because both those guys are on my fantasy squad. <laughs> what I'm looking forward to, specific to my fantasy squad and the league that our, our man Matt McCarthy, the creator of our, our wonderful websites, LiveSportsCaster.com and KentuckySports.co, Matt McCarthy's the commissioner of our league. I'm looking for Cam Newton to have a big game at 1 o'clock today at Buffalo. You know, that, that, you know, that might be a good game. EJ Manuel, you know, two young quarterbacks going up against each other. Two I, athletic quarterbacks yeah, who can throw the game. ball. CJ Spiller and Fred Jackson. I love the combination of backfield. The two of the most dynamic combo running backs in the league, I think, right now. Fred Jackson's coming off the injury, but Spiller, man, he's tough. Old man Steve Smith will always produce. Yeah, he had a touchdown catch last week. Uh, you know, dude's, we, a, dude's amazing. He's, yeah. he's right up there with Floyd Mayweather. I think they're about <laughs> nah, the same age. But he, he, had, he had an off year last year. Did he? Yeah. Let's see. Uh, last year he didn't. They they were terrible. Actually, he was terrible last year. Let me was, look. Was, let me look it up. One of the the worst I, performances he's put up in his career was last. I believe season. it, but but I don't know that that it was. Let me see. I'm I'm looking it up. Steve Smith's amazing. Yeah, to think that at a junior college at one time, Steve Smith and undersized and, and Chad Johnson were on the same junior college wow. team. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's that's in my opinion. You know, he's an undersized receiver, undersized receiver with big heart. You know, always plays hard, but. Four touchdowns I, last year. I think this is his last go around. He had a thou- over eleven hundred yards, seventy three receptions. Sixteen. He played in all sixteen games. I guess that was a down year, but I mean, eleven hundred yards receiving isn't that bad. No, four touchdowns. You got to come. You know, he caught a touchdown yeah. last week. Yeah, got one last week. I mean, Cam Newton's a very in-, in the in the era that we're in with guys like Colin Kaepernick and uh, Russell Wilson and all these quarterbacks who are dual threat quarterbacks. Cam Newton, a lot of times, is the forgotten man. Although his statistics over the beginning of his NFL career are actually great and almost historical. Well, yeah, you know, you think about last year, he had a better fantasy year than his first year. And I considered last year not to be such a good, it wasn't a good year for him, I, I don't think. I think he has a lot to prove this year uh, with, with this team. He has to get them to the playoffs. The one thing I don't like about Carolina is that they've made Cam Newton their number one running back. You got two studs as running back in Stewart and uh, what's the other guy's name? Uh, D'Angelo Williams. They also yeah. got Mike Tolbert, but Stewart's yeah. out right now. Well, you get you get those 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 guys in the backfield. Are you making Cam Newton your number one running back? Yeah, let him throw the ball. Let him sit in the pocket a little it's bit. It's amazing. Cam Newton in his rookie year, 2011, 11, I'm sorry, 14 rushing touchdowns. Last year, you would expect a big hiccup. He still ran for eight touchdowns. He hasn't got a rushing touchdown yet this year, but I mean. The dude is really doing it in the dual threat type of, of mode. He's a big guy. He's kind of like a, I guess you say, a better version of Michael Vick because he's big and strong. You know, he's 6'5", 245. Mm-hmm. He's not as prone to getting knocked around as a, a seemingly frail Michael Vick is. <laughs> I look for Cam Newton to, to have a big year this year, and for the sake of my fantasy team, I'm really banking on it. And speaking of Mike Vick, uh, I think the, the game to watch out for today is San Diego at Philadelphia. Okay. You know, Phillip Rivers, uh, he hasn't been looking too sharp here the last year, yeah, or even yeah. last week's game. He, I mean, he ha- this is this is do or die for Phillip Rivers this year. They have a new coach. I don't know how much uh, rope the new coach is going to give Phillip Rivers 
before he decides to bring in his own guy next season. I think this is it for Phil. He didn't have that bad of a week last week, did he? They didn't win. But him individually, let's see. I think he, he threw a he, few touchdowns. He, he didn't get the ball to Antonio he Gates. He threw four touchdowns and one interception last week. Antonio Gates on my fantasy team didn't get any touchdowns. <laughs> so that means <laughs> he had 195 yards passing, four touchdowns, one interception, uh, in a loss to the Houston Texans, 28-31. So I, I agree. The Chargers are, you know, they still got old man Antonio Gates, um, who's got to be considered to be near the end of his run. As well, being they, but, one of the top tight ends. Well, they said he's in some of the, in the best physical shape that he's been in in a long time. Who? Uh, Antonio Gates. Uh, we got to go to a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with your weekend sports buzz. It's the weekend sports buzz. Call in on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line at 384-1450. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Been a great action-packed show today. Uh, myself, Kelly Patrick, and Carlo Kellum have enjoyed all the, the great callers that we've had today. I want to remind our listeners, go to the Oxmoor Ford Service Center over there by the Oxmoor Mall on Shelbyville Road. Get a synthetic blend oil change, tire rotation, multi-point inspection, and more. Only $39.95. Very friendly people over there. They will actually shuttle you over to the, to the mall so you can shop while your car is getting worked on. You know, we've talked a lot of boxing. We've talked a lot, a lot of college of football. Yeah. Um, the, the the docket for today, it's Sunday. It's, it's NFL. It's NFL season. Yeah. America loves the NFL. And 1 o'clock, we got a lot of games kicking off. Yes, sir. I can't wait. You know, this 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 is the time of the year that I love the most, man. we got NFL going, college, great boxing. What more can a man ask for? It's not tough to do yeah. radio shows at this time of the year. Not at all. Basketball's not even that far off. Right around the corner. I talked to my October. dad the other day. He was he was organizing buying tickets for the the red white scrimmage. So I'm going to be going to the red white scrimmage. Uh, you know, just a few weeks away. I mean, very soon. I mean, it will, everything will be rolling on all cylinders locally here and nationally in the world of sports. We got St. Louis at Atlanta at one o'clock. That should be a good game. Stephen Jackson going against his old team. Okay, so that's, that's, that's a, the story, story behind that game. Uh. Jeff Fisher's at St. Louis, yes, so they've Jeff got Fisher. a good coach. Yeah. You know, I, I like I, I like the quarterback, man. Bradford? But, yeah, I like Bradford Do you? a lot. I like him a lot. I think that he has a lot of tangibles to be a good quarterback. But you know what? I'm not a fan of Fisher as a coach. Really? I think, okay. he's, a, I think he's a good coach, but what he did at Tennessee, and I kind of think he gave Vince Young a, raw, a bad deal. You know, if it wasn't for Vince Young, he would have been fired a long time ago. Okay. Anyway, he's in a new slate now with St. Louis. I think Steven Jackson's going to have a big game tonight. So for you fantasy fans out there, make sure you start Steven Jackson because I guarantee you he wants something to prove against his former team. Uh, another one o'clock game we mentioned, Cam Newton. It was Carolina at Buffalo. You know, there's Stevie Johnson as the, the former U.K. Wildcat, very exciting wide receiver for mm-hmm. the, the Buffalo Bills. Also got Eric Wood, former Cardinal, playing in that game. Um, another one here is Minnesota at Chicago. We touched on that a little bit earlier. We got... Washington Redskins at Green Bay Packers. That should be a good game. Uh, last week, I think uh, RG three kind of knocked out the rust in the first ha- in, the, in the first half. He was very rusty. If you watch his footwork in that game last week, he wasn't throwing the ball off his back foot as he should have. He was kind of lazy in his footwork uh, in the pocket. But in the second half, he he turned it around just a little bit, you know. But today we'll we'll see how he's progressed. 
But I think he should have got some snaps in the preseason to knock that rust off versus the waiting to the first game of the year. Packers coming off that disappointing f- loss the first mm-hmm. week of the season to the the Niners. I oh, mean, yeah, it's the not Niners often. Put it on them. I mean, that defense for Green Bay is it's it's they need to be afraid. They need to be afraid. That defense is pretty shaky. You know, Green Bay's always had a questionable defense, in my opinion, the last several years. Clay Matthews getting into trouble with hitting guys, Yeah, uh, you know, uh, outside of the sideline. Uh, plenty of issues there. We got Miami for – we're located here in Jeffersonville, Indiana. There's a game Miami at the Indianapolis Colts. Now, Miami's got Ryan Tannehill. Mm-hmm. Mike Wallace. Mike Wallace. And you, Not you, much else. Yeah, did you hear Mike Wallace last week uh, – you know, this is a, the ego of a receiver. You know, they won the game, but he's still mad because he didn't get any. He didn't get the ball enough. So, <laughs> Tannehill responded by saying, "You know, they were double teaming Wallace. Wallace is obviously. They've also got Brian Hartline, but Wallace is obviously the most talented receiver on that Dolphins um, offense. Yeah, no so question that, about it. That's a guy Pittsburgh should not have let get away. That was the go-to guy for Ben Roethlisberger the last couple of years. So, but yeah, Mike Wallace looking for him to have a big game for you fantasy fans." Indianapolis uh, Colts and Andrew Luck. Uh, Andrew you got Luck's on my fantasy squad. Okay, oh, hey, I'm looking for him to have a good game. They, they, they're staring at go, starting the season two and zero. So I mean, could be a big year for the the Colts. Um, the next game on the docket is you the Dallas Cowboys. Not I almost said you're Dallas Cowboys. You're a Giants fan, not a Cowboys fan. But the Cowboys at the Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid. That should be an interesting game. You know, Andy Reid. They had a. They played pretty good last week uh, in their first game with Alex Smith as the new quarterback for the Chiefs. You know, he show, he throws those short, precise passes just like Andy Reid likes. I don't know. I, I think Kansas City might be kind of scary this year. They, they, they put up points last year, that, the last week. That's something they didn't do in the they, last They beat years. the Jaguars. Yeah. Uh, I know uh, they're, they're, the they're Jaguars, a horrible team, yeah. but they're still an NFL yeah. team. They beat the Jaguars 28-2. to And the fact that they put up points, it's not like it was a 17-10 to game. They actually put up 28 points, which uh, – I think looks good for the future of the Kansas City Chiefs. I think you hit, score. hit the nail on the head there is that Alex Smith is a short pass, a very accurate passer type guy, and that fits perfectly with the Andy Reid type offense. And with Jamal Charles at running back, they said he's, he stays he's healthy. Go, he's going to be good yeah. to go today. Is what so they for you fantasy fans, make sure you start Jamal Charles. He should have a big game. But that Dallas Cowboys defense, I'm not going to lie, they looking pretty good. With Kiffin as a new defensive coordinator, I got, last week they, they I got to admit they looked pretty good. Dallas' defense looks pretty good. Is Monty Kiffin the defensive coordinator for yeah. the Cowboys? Yeah, even though he's 80 years old, he's still that getting it done. That doesn't matter. The Steelers' <laughs> defensive coordinator, Dick LeBeau, right up there in age. Uh, I mean, Monty Kiffin is the mastermind behind the Tampa 2, him and Tony Dungy in mm-hmm. Tampa. I mean, th- he knows what he's doing on the defensive side of the ball. So that, that could be a good matchup today. It's on Fox at 1 o'clock. The next is Cleveland at Baltimore. The Cleveland Bowl. The Cleveland Bowl. At Baltimore, I don't, like I said, I'm looking for Trenton Richardson to have a big game, uh, I'm hoping. 35-year-old Brandon Whedon running the show from oh, the man, quarterback terrible, position. Man. Yeah, he's terrible. He's awful. The defending Super they're Bowl the, champs. They're in the Teddy uh, Bridgewater sweepstakes right now. No. Yeah, Cleveland, Jacksonville, Teddy Bridgewater sweepstakes. I don't want that. I believe you. They're in, I they're in the running. Jacksonville or Cleveland, you're right. Um, you know, they're going against the defending Super Bowl champion, Baltimore Ravens, who lost, like you said, to the Broncos last week, 49-27. Um, can Joe Flacco and this Ravens team even beat the lowly Cleveland Browns? If they get upset by the, the Browns, it's panic time for yeah, the Ravens. Yeah, it is panic time. Uh, uh, their offense is in trouble. I mean, 
Joe Flacco doesn't have anybody to throw the ball to. They gave him too much money. They can't go out and pay any other receivers to come play with him. You know, so who's he going to throw the ball to? Who's going to step up? I don't know. Is Jacoby Jones still hurt? I know he got hurt last week. That was his lead receiver. So we'll be interested to see who steps up at the wide receiver position for the Baltimore Ravens. There's uh, San Diego at Philadelphia we talked a little bit about at one. I'm excited to see Chip Kelly's offense again to see if they can keep the pace up and, uh, with this offense that they have put in place, uh, this Oregon-style offense. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how Mike Vick performs tonight. Two four oh five games uh, this afternoon. Detroit Lions at Arizona Cardinals. Detroit. Matt Stafford versus Carson Palmer, and see if Reggie Butts can stay healthy. And I'm put gonna, up let's another. see. I, I'm just want to see if Sue gets in any trouble. I want to see what he's going to do. <laughs> he got fined a hundred thousand dollars last week, didn't he? Yeah, there was a low block. Uh, you know, if if it wasn't his first offense, he probably wouldn't have got fined as much, man. But the micro the microscope is on him and his and what he does out there on the field. I like it. I don't have a problem with I it. it. I, I would take yeah. him on my Bengals. I like it. Yeah. Would you? How much it. would you want in Dominican Sue on your Giants? Oh, I, oh, I would love to have him on. So He's I, a beast. I, that's the old school mentality. That's how they used to play back in the day. In this day and age of quarterbacks and you know high Too much scoring protection. offense, yeah, high scoring offense. I'm I'm right there with you. I like guys like my man Geno Atkins who didn't show up last week, or in Dominican Sue, defensive linemen in the trenches who can truly impact a game. The game of the day, though, San Francisco at Seattle. I was getting to that. My frat brother, Cap Alpha South Turning Incorporated, Colin Kaepernick versus Russell Wilson. That's going to be the game to watch. 8.05, 8.30 game. Who do you think is going to win there? I'm going with the Niners. It's it's a road game. I think the, the Niners may start out the season 9-0 before they lose their first game. It's two of the, the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. Russell Wilson got the agility and passing skills. Slightly undersized, maybe in the mold of a little bit of a, a Drew Brees type guy, and then Colin Kaepernick, who proved last week he's a lot more than just a scrambling quarterback. What about Anquan Bolden? God, I mean, what a, talk about a pick? Talk about your big bro, your big brother giving you a present <laughs> for this season. I mean, he was helping his little brother out on that one. You think Joe Flacco's happy they let him go? Wow, I mean, he was a beast last week. We had 13, 14 catches. I mean, he's just he's that's a possession receiver right there. He moves the chains. He can run plays. after the ball too. Yeah. He's kind of like a, a little bit has a little bit of to in him. And, and just wait till Michael Crabtree comes back with this offense: Crabtree, Bolden, and Vernon Davis, along with Gore in the backfield. They don't have Randy Moss anymore, do they? No, Randy Moss is retired. He's now uh, joined Jay Glazer as a uh, sportscaster. Okay, for his show. But you're right, Michael Crabtree, Vernon Davis. Do uh, they have uh, scary? That, I mean, that's, that's Anquan Bolden last week: thirteen receptions, two hundred eight yards, and a touchdown. I saw the stat where. You know, with his teams that he's played with, every time he plays his first game with a new team, he gets over 200 yards. Yeah. All three times he has. Arizona and Baltimore have to be kicking themselves for letting that guy go. Great show, guys. We look forward to you joining us next weekend for more weekend sports. Saturday, 9 to 11, and Sunday, 10 till 12. Have a great weekend.